Thanks, brother Kelvin. Good morning, brethren and friends. Try to have a good weekend. We are still on the series of sermon on letters from the past. This morning, the title of my sermon is What if Nehemiah wrote us a letter? Let's look at the background of the Jews in Judah. They were taken into captivity by the Babylonian Empire. And they spent 70 years in captivity. During the rule of Cyrus, the king of Persia. He allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and the, and the temple. This is in fulfillment of the prophecy spoken by Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28, uh, with this fulfillment of prophecy, this also tells us the accuracy of the Bible, and the Bible, the word of God. Uh. At the time of prophecy, King Cyrus was not born yet. Uh, yet Isaiah is able to name the king that would allow the children of Israel to come back to Jerusalem to build the city of God. So after more than 80 years since the first returning, the walls and gates of the city still lay in troubles. Then we heard about this man by the name Nehemiah who lived in the Persian city of Susa. He was a cup bearer to King Otasosis of Persia. What is the duty of a cup bearer? Huh? The duty of a cup bearer is to taste any drink of food before the king did, eh? so that the king would not be poisoned. Eh? So some some people will be thinking, oh, this must be a pitiful job. Eh? Uh, if someone poisoned the king, then the cup bearer has to die first. Eh? So, in those who have this thinking, he's, um, he has been mistaken. Nah? In fact, this is an important position nah? uh, and a high position, a position of influence. Only man of integrity, man whom the, who is trustworthy and who can be 
dependable upon by the king that would, the king would give him this duty. Then later we uh, read that Nehemiah was troubled uh, when he heard about the condition of the people in Jerusalem. Uh, the wall of the city were broken down uh, and the gates were burned uh, and never been replaced. So Nehemiah prayed to God to have the king to send him to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and spiritual condition of the people. So the king granted him <coughs> and he led the third and last returnee to Jerusalem. And we also learn from the book that despite external opposition and conflict from within, the task was completed in 52 days. To rebuild the wall of Jerusalem was completed in 52 days. That is a great feat. So how did how did Nehemiah achieve this great task? So we learn that Nehemiah is a man who prays always. He prays always because he put his trust in God. He also leads by example. And he's a man who prepared to endure hardship despite the challenges that he faced during the work of rebuilding the wall of the city. And what is his message to the people? Brother Kelvin just now have read uh, in chapter 2, verse 17 to 18. Uh, so he told the Jews to look at the situation or condition which they are in. Uh, that these people were in distress. Uh, distress because they are not secure. Uh, without the wall, without the gate, anytime the enemy can come in to attack them, uh, they were in distress. So he told them, Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem uh, so that we are no longer be in report. Reproach. Uh. Then he also shared with them and he, he, he gave credit to God how God has blessed him. Uh. And through God's providence, he found favor in the sight of the king. Uh. So when the people, uh, is how he motivated the people. So when the people heard that, their response were they said so they said let us rise up and build uh, so the people answered uh, 
uh, Nehemiah, let us rise up and build. Um, and what is more important here, and the Bible tells us in verse 18, and they set their hands to this good work. Uh, when they decided to build, the Bible tells us that they set their hands to this good work. Uh, they are not waiting for each other. They are not seeing who's, uh, who is prepared to volunteer to rebuild the wall. Huh? Uh, they are not sitting by the side to watch um, people to build the wall. But the Bible tells us they set their hands to this good work. Huh? So they are able to achieve uh, this great task uh, because the people are willing to work. The people are willing to sacrifice and labor for the cause of God. So if Nehemiah, if Nehemiah is with us today, what will be his message for us? I believe he will have a similar message for us. He will tell us, come. And let us build instead of building the wall of Jerusalem. He will encourage us to build a strong congregation huh, for God's glory. Yeah. So, as we as you and I too strive to build a strong congregation huh, to be pleasing before God. Yeah. So what I can think of, uh, these are some of the points that I believe Nehemiah wants us to know uh, as we strive to build a strong congregation in Kota Muring. So we must care about God's work. Uh, Bible tells us that uh, when Nehemiah heard the condition of Jerusalem and the situation of the people, he was deeply concerned about God's cause. Uh, he asked, <coughs> he spent time praying and fasting when he heard the bad report. So Nehemiah, despite his, beat, uh, his position, despite his work, uh, yet he is concerned about the things of God. Uh. When a man came to Jerusalem, uh, came to the, from Jerusalem to meet him, he asked about the people. He asked about Jerusalem. Uh. So the bad report troubled him. Uh. So, his heart is there. Some people ask for the sake of asking. Uh, even after you answer him, you tell him, maybe he has forgotten. Uh, he has forgotten. But Nehemiah is different. Uh, his heart is close to God and close to the people. So the Bible tells us Nehemiah weep uh, for his people. He's, he fasted and cried out to God for mercy. You can read that in. In uh, chapter 1, verse 5 to 16. Huh? So not only that, 
He is ready to go to Jerusalem to restore the wall and the people. So when we show concern for God's people, for God's work, for the things of God, are we ready to uh, go into action? In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, when God asks a question, uh, who will go uh, to bring the children of Israel back to God? Because the children of Israel have rebelled against God. Um, they are, are stiff-necked people who rebel against God. And God wants someone to go there to um, bring them back. Isaiah told God, here I am, send me. Uh, this is exactly what Nehemiah did. Uh, he, he's concerned about the things of God and he's prepared to go over to Jerusalem for the cause of God. Uh. So the same thing with us, as we look at the situation of the church, uh, we must be concerned uh, for the things of God. Uh. And this concern should be accompanied by action. Uh. In James chapter 4, verse 17, Bible tells us, if we know to do good, uh, if we know that there are good things to be do, yet we fail to do, uh, uh, it is sin, uh, is sin. So Nehemiah is a man who believed in the power of prayer. Uh. So he spent a lot of time in prayer because he trusted in God. So when he heard, from the time that he heard the bad news, until he met uh, King Artaxerxes, uh, it was uh, about four months. Uh, the month of Kislev until the month of Nisan is about four months. Uh, so he had been praying, he had been fasting uh, uh, to God. Uh, so we find that Nehemiah even before he set out on the project. Uh, before he set out on the project, he prayed to God, he committed it to God. Uh, if you turn to your Bible in chapter 1, verse 4 to 11, you will notice that the content of his prayer, in verse 4, the Bible tells us that he moaned, he fasted, and he prayed for many days. Uh, um, so he uh, he so praised God and he tell he praised God and he uh, acknowledged God's faithfulness. Uh, and he tell God uh, and asked God to hear his prayer. Uh, and and we look at the humility of Nehemiah. He confessed his sin to God and the sin of the people. Uh, and he made known to God that God is merciful. Uh, and he made known to God his desire and the people desire to repent of their sin. And finally, he prayed to God with his profession, with his position, that he might find favor in the sight of the king when he, when he approached the 
king. So this is how Nehemiah made preparation even before he start his project. Uh. So as a project is in progress, we find that he prayed uh, in chapter 4, verse 4 to 5. Uh. So when he faced with challenges, uh, uh, he prayed uh, in chapter 4, verse 9. <coughs> Chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 9, and verse 14. So each time he faced challenges, he prayed. Uh. So let's remember that to build a strong congregation is not an easy task. Uh. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 11 to 12, the Bible tells us that to put on the whole armor of God. Uh, so that we can withstand the, uh, the vow of the devil, the darts that the devil throw at us. Uh. And the Bible tells us that to build a strong congregation, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against human being, uh, but we are fighting against uh, principality, power of darkness, spiritual wickedness. Uh. So therefore, we not only labor, but we need to commit our work to God in prayer and to trust God. In Psalm chapter 62, verse 8, the psalmist says, Trust in God at all time. Pour out your heart to Him. In other words, pour your heart to Him. Bring our request, bring our petition to God in prayer. At the same time, trust in Him at all times, regardless of the situation you are in, we are to trust in God. <clears throat> then we find that Nehemiah is bold uh, to make known his need, uh, to make known his need. Nehemiah made known his need and asked favor from his employer. Uh, <clears throat> in chapter 2, verse 4 to 8, it never crossed your mind eh, for Nehemiah to approach the king uh, uh, with his position. Uh, definitely, the chances of him uh, to get leave from the king uh, is very slim. Uh, he needs to be by the side of the king. Uh, Yet, Nehemiah is bold enough to ask favor from his king. So, by the providence of God, he was rewarded. He was rewarded for his bonus. Not only did the king give him everything he wanted, in fact, the king gave him more than what he asked. Oh, you can read that in, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. The king even uh, asked a commander of his military as well as asked a soldier to accompany him to Jerusalem. And the king even made him a governor of Judah, which made it easier for him to carry out his Task, uh. So, you never know uh, things which you think is impossible. When you commit to God and trust God, it can be 
China. So for us, sometimes we are afraid to make known to our employer our needs and commitment to God for fear of being turned down. We don't even dare to open up our mouth and tell our boss, our employer, that Sunday I have a responsibility, I have a duty to worship God. We dare not tell our employer that on Wednesday I have a Bible class. I need to be back on time to attend the Bible class. So some might be thinking and there's no point to tell our employer. Uh, uh, maybe uh, they are not going to understand my commitment for God because they are non-believers. Uh, maybe I shouldn't bring things, uh, spiritual things, matter at work place. Uh, so let us not trust in ourselves. Uh, you'll be surprised uh, if Nehemiah can do it, you too can do it. Uh. You'll be surprised your employer is generous enough, is good enough to allow you to exercise your, uh, to practice your faith and your responsibility, your commitment to God. Uh. We must be bold enough to tell our employer. You have to be bold enough to ask if you think that your employer, uh, you think that you have friends who work in uh, the department of authority, get help from them uh, for the work of the church, for registration, for anything, even though they are non-believers, you'll be surprised they are willing to help you. Uh. So let us be bold enough to ask help from our employer and from uh, uh, people uh, that we think that couldn't help us just because they are non-Christian. Uh. So commit it to God and ask boldly and leave the outcome to God. Uh. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Apostle Paul tells us not to trust in ourselves, uh, but in God. Uh. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, the Bible tells us with God, nothing will be impossible. So Nehemiah had proved it when King Artaxerxes um, grant him what he asked for. Yeah, I believe so. Nehemiah wants us to know that uh, as children of God, we need to care about members' welfare. Huh? So Nehemiah, uh, his main <coughs> mission to Jerusalem was to rebuild the wall of the city and to bring the people back to God. Huh? In other words, a spiritual reformation. Huh? But Nehemiah knew that spiritual reformation is not easy. It takes time huh, to establish a person. Therefore, Nehemiah also looked into his people's physical needs. Huh? Of course, people's basic physical needs is important. Huh? A person uh, 
can't even um, <coughs> fulfill his own physical, basic physical need. How can we talk to him about spiritual things? Huh? So therefore, Nehemiah, uh, before he embarked on spiritual reform, which take a longer time, he tackled their physical needs first. Huh? He rebuilt the shattered wall of Jerusalem uh, uh, <coughs> for their security. He wanted the people to feel secure, to have a sense of security. Once they have a sense of security, the people will be motivated. They know that uh, God's favor is with them. Uh. Then he resolved the issue of the poor being oppressed by the Rich, uh, in fact, it's by their fellow countrymen who are rich. Uh, the poor have to mortgage their land. They have to pay high interest. Or the poor have to take loan and pay high interest. When they could not pay, they have to sell their children as slaves. Uh. So Nehemiah looked into this basic need and resolved the issue of oppression. You can read that in chapter 5. Right? In chapter 5. Huh? Then Nehemiah himself, as a, a leader, he set a good example. He set a good example by not burdening the people with tax. Huh? Although he was a governor, he forgo his provision for governor, huh? so that the people will not burden with tax. Huh? So, we also learn from Jesus' earthly ministry. Huh? Although Jesus' mission on earth is to seek and save the lost, yet we find that Jesus uh, cares for people physical need. Uh. He healed the sick. Uh. If, when they are hungry, he fed them. Uh. When they are in distress because of the loved one's sick, Jesus visited their home uh, and healed their loved one. When there's death in the family, Jesus um, visited their family to comfort them. Uh. So Jesus has for people physical need, uh, although his mission is to uh, uh, preach the word of God and save the lost. Uh. So, after uh, tackle the physical need, we find that uh, Nehemiah, along with Ezra, the priest, and the Levite, he taught the Jews the word, the law of God, um, and bring them back to the Lord. You can read that in chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. And he get them to confess their sin to God in <coughs> chapter 9. So most of these people, they have been born and raised as captive uh, in a foreign land. And many of them may never have heard 
the word of God. Uh. So Nehemiah did the right thing. He get the learned divine to teach them God's law. So as for us today, uh, although as, as elders of the church, get it, Brother Eng, we are eager to help members to be spiritual and, and we look forward for the ministry leader to do their job well. Yet, we also consider, we also try to understand, we also try to address their physical needs. Because uh, um, spiritual, <coughs> to strengthen a person's spirituality take time. Uh, challenges that our people face in life, at workplace, at home, if they have non-believing spouse, uh, or whether they are adjusting to a, a new environment, getting a new job, or, or they just got married, or there's a new addition in their family. Uh, so we do take this into con con consideration. Um, we look into this, and we care for their physical needs as well as their spiritual needs. Uh. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, the Bible tells us that each of us uh, should have the same care for one another. Uh. So, um, care for one another's physical needs as well as spiritual needs. Uh. The old, um, the old motto of uh, this Air Asia, now it's called Capital A, uh, everyone can fly. Uh, everyone can fly. Uh. So here, I put here, uh, Nehemiah wants us to know that everyone can serve God. Uh. So Nehemiah holds an important high position and busy job which need him to be around the King, uh, to be around the king. Uh, um, while in Judah, he was a governor. So let us bear in mind that Nehemiah is not a full-time worker for the Lord. Uh, he has a full-time secular job. Uh, he's not a full-time priest. Uh, he's not a full-time prophet. But he's a, he has a full-time secular job. Uh. So. So we would naturally assume that Nehemiah would be too busy to be involved in God's work. Eh? Or Nehemiah would be comfortable with where he is because eh? he hold, he's holding a high post, he's a busy man, eh? but he isn't. Eh? He used his earthly position and authority which God has given him for God's glory uh, to serve him uh, and bring God's people back to him. Uh. We find that he was involved in the work of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. He personally, uh, he personally surveyed the place. He planned. He spoke to the people. Uh, he spoke to the people. He coordinated the work he supervised the work and see to it till completion. Uh. He's not a man who take a job and sit on it and wait on and then 
could um, halfway give up because of challenges or could not complete the task. Uh. So Nehemiah, even though he's busy, even though he's holding a high position, yet he is able to do great things for God. Uh. So therefore, we have no excuse. Uh. Um, be it you are great or small. Whether you are holding a high position, important position in a company, whether you are COO or you are CEO, uh, uh, in your secular job, uh, we have no excuse uh, uh, to do less or not involved in the work of the Lord. Uh. So even if you think that uh, I don't have a capability, I don't, uh, I'm not educated, I'm not holding a high position, I'm just a general worker, I'm lack of talent. These two have no excuse. Uh. In chapter 3, the Bible tells us that uh, every one of them, uh, we learn every one of them according to their own skill, uh, they did their part in repairing the war. Uh. Different people work in different sections. Uh. Everybody have a task to do um, to contribute to the rebuilding of the war and gates. Uh. So whatever gift or area of expertise we have, uh, uh, <coughs> we need to use it for God's glory. Uh. So let us read Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 8. Uh. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 8, the Bible tells us that um, all the members do not have the same function. Uh. In other words, in your human body, all the members do not have the same function. So the same thing in the body of Christ. Uh, all the members do not have the same function. Uh. So the Bible also tells us that having then give differing. Uh, so each of us has our own expertise. Each of us has have our own talent, uh, has our own talent. So the Bible said, with that gift, with that talent that you have, that you have, use it. Let us use them. So the Bible tells us, let us use them. Uh. Use them. So if you are good in serving, let us use them in ministering. Uh. If you are talent in teaching, in preaching, let's contribute in this area, in encouraging your fellow brethren. Uh. If you are good in exhortation, let's go and encourage others. Uh. For those who have been uh, blessed with financial prosperity, to give liberally. Uh. And those who are still to lead, uh, we thank God that we have many people who lead uh, the uh, uh, ministry uh, in our church. Uh. The Bible says, leads with diligence. Uh. So let's see the words here, leads with diligence. So as children of God, when we take up responsibility like Nehemiah, let us do it with diligence. Uh. We don't sit on it uh, and nothing happens. Uh. 
uh, we make plan for the year. At the end of the year, only 50% of our plan been achieved, and we blame it to COVID-19. Huh? Uh, so when we make plan, let us make sure we carry out this plan, we execute the plan, and we look into it until completion. Yeah? Just like me, huh? Maya, do it with diligence. Huh? And the Bible also tells us uh, that some are good in showing mercy, some are good in showing kindness. So let us use that to visit and to um, show kindness to others. Huh? So we, um, we find that Nehemiah served with a humble heart and the people are willing to do God's work, are willing to do God's work. In chapter four, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible tells us, for the people had a mind to work. So we need to ask ourselves, you and I, do we have the mind to work? Do we have the mind to complete the task? Do we have the mind to take our responsibility seriously? So, let us be humble to Nehemiah, even though he, uh, he holds a high position, he's prepared uh, to work with the people, he's prepared to be there day and night. Uh, he's prepared to be there day and night. Uh. So, uh, Jesus did warn us uh, in Luke chapter 12, verse 47 to 48, the parable of a faithful and evil servant. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 28 to 29, the parable of a talent. Uh, so if we don't use our talent, our skill that God has given us, it will be taken away. I believe Nehemiah also wants us to know that God acknowledge your faithfulness. Huh? What Nehemiah and the people did definitely is a great thing. Huh? And it was a wonder and it was a wonderful testimony of God working through his people. Huh? Even their enemy look at it, they they believe God is working with his. People, uh, it was hard work and many uh, make significant sacrifices for God. Uh. If you read that, uh, how they uh, build the wall is, is, a, is a day and night affair. During the day, they work. During the night, they guard the wall and the gate, make sure the enemy don't come and destroy. It, uh, so day and night affair. Uh, so this is a great sacrifice. Uh, so surely God take note of their faithfulness. Uh, God take note of their faithfulness and God acknowledge it. Uh, and their name will return in chapter 3. Uh, you find that God acknowledge them by putting their name, whether they are great or small, is recorded in chapter 3. Uh, their name, uh, their family, uh, their family, the Bible mentioned their daughter, uh, 
as well as the leaders of the district. All these are mentioned in chapter 3. It shows that God saw and acknowledged their faithfulness uh, in his, for his cause. Uh. So let's um, remember that when we serve God, when we do our part in laboring in God's vineyard, uh, when we make sacrifice uh, during our earthly life, uh, God acknowledge your work. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, the Bible tells us that your labor is not in vain. Uh. But in Hebrew chapter 6, verse 10, God Bible tells us that God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name. Uh, and your name will be returned in the book of life. Uh. Don't quit when faced with challenges. Huh? Nehemiah faced with external opposition huh? as well as threat, as well as challenges from within. Huh? You can read that in chapter 4 and chapter 6. Huh? When, when the enemy threatened him, Nehemiah did not give up. Huh? He did not tell his people sin is risky. Let us forget about building the wall. Let us go back to our own place. Let the wall remain as it is. So Nehemiah did not give up and face with threat, uh, uh, and face with um, risk. But he committed it to God. He prayed to God in Nehemiah chapter four, verse four to five as well as verse 9, uh, he prayed to God. And we find that when people, the enemy threatened him, threatened to kill them, he finds solution in chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. Uh, he coordinate, he tell the people what to do, he, uh, he arrange for people to guard the place, so he finds solution to challenges. Uh. So we also can learn from Apostle Paul. Uh, when Apostle Paul faced with severe persecution while in Ephesus, uh, he almost lose his life and his co-workers almost lose their life. Uh, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 10, uh, he faced severe persecution, yet he did not give up. Uh, um, He's serving God, he's doing a good work, yet he faced opposition, he faced persecution. And his encouragement to us, and his encouragement to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 2 verse 3 is, endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. So we are to take soldier as an example how they endure hardship. So let us not quit uh, when we face with challenges as we do work for God, as we lead the ministry. You might face with external challenges, 
must face with uh, work problem. You must face. You might face with uh, opposition from the authority, huh? or you might face with internal uh, challenges, criticism. Definitely, as a ministry leader, uh, you can't satisfy everyone. Uh, there are people who criticize. Uh, uh, you might face with manpower problem. Let us not call it quick. Uh. Let us get help from others. Let us commit it to God and find solution. Let us discuss it with the elders uh, to find the solution. Um, it's the same application in your secular work. I believe you face challenges. In your secular work, I believe you have stress. You, you have stress. Uh, you have pressure. Yet yeah, you don't call it. Quick, uh, but you find solution to overcome uh, challenges that you face in your work. Uh, all the more we should do that for the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we reflect upon uh, our lesson this morning, huh? so for your cons consideration, uh, uh, these are the questions. We would like you to think about uh, so what are the important needs of our church now? Uh, so if you have identified the needs, uh, ask yourself, are you ready to help? Uh, are you prepared to be like a, a Jews uh, who tell themselves, let us rise and build uh, uh, the wall? Uh, let us put our hand on it. Uh, Set our hand on it and work. Uh, are you ready to help? Uh, what will you do to help? So do let the elders know uh, your concern as well as your uh, willingness to help. Uh, definitely together we are able to build a strong congregation. With that, I thank you for your attention. I shall now hand over to the song.